Welcome. This is jazz, just the way we like it. My name is Alfonso Severos, and this is my weekly jazz podcast, recorded live at Brick Arts uh, in downtown Brooklyn, the People's Republic of Brooklyn. We play those classic jazz songs of the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, and also now and then some of the modern stuff. We discuss social issues and politics. We play songs that I listened to as a young man, and here I am now playing them for your pleasure. And to introduce a new and younger generation to that fabulous original art form known as jazz. I'm in the studio as a, in the studio uh, with my good friend and co-host Lawrence Williams. Hey, Larry, how you doing? All right, what's up, Al? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, well, another podcast, brother. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay, folks, let's get, get things going. I usually start the podcast with a song that addresses issues of social justice, but we're going to do a little different today. We're going to start this podcast with a song that speaks to both the beauty and the strength of Africa, because this podcast is about the influence, especially the drums, uh, of Africa on jazz. So here's a piece by uh, Peter Tosh uh, that was recorded in 1983. It was written by Peter Tosh, sung by Peter Tosh, and this is a 1983 version done by his son, Andrew Tosh, called Mama Africa. Mama Africa is playing for change. Sit back and enjoy. Yeah, Mama Africa. Yeah. 
Andrew Tosh singing the Peter Tosh song, Mama Africa. Uh, he recorded that in 1983. Uh, they also called Mary McKeever, the famous South African singer, Mama Africa. Larry, you heard this one before? No, I've never heard this one. This is really good. I love the, love the beat and the, and the words and the yeah. lyrics. Rather. Uh, very good. Very good song. Yeah. Very move, uh, Very smooth. I like that. You know, it's just uh, Caribbean, I guess. Yes, right? it yeah. is. It, they're Jamaican, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, um, I wanted to do something that highlights uh, the African contribution to jazz because, you know, uh, 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 jazz is American art form that originated in, in, in New Orleans, uh, grew out of blues and spirituals and, and Negro folk music. But uh, that stuff had its roots uh, going back to Africans, the rhythms, to Africa and the slaves. And to talk about, you know, I remember growing up that I knew absolutely nothing about Africa except what I saw on television when I was in elementary school on Tarzan. And 
I had to learn about Africa. You know, Africa, we speak of it like it's a country, but it's a continent. There's 54 different countries in Africa. There's over 1,000 languages and dialects that's spoken in Africa. A hundred million people speak Swahili, language of the Bantu people in Africa. And we don't hear the terms like Bantu people because they have these boundaries of countries. But the Bantu people go from all the way up in Ghana all the way down to mid and southern Africa, you know, crossing many countries. Uh, and so it's, it's a continent. It's the second largest and most, and the second most populated continent is Africa. 20% of the land of the planet Earth is in Africa. And here's the thing to keep remembering. Half of the population of Africa is under the age of 25. It's not like China or Japan that have an aging population. So, so much of the future belongs to them. You know, we hear a lot about Africa and Egypt. Well, Egypt had pyramids, but most of the pyramids were in Sudan, which is Kush. Uh, double the amount of pyramids were in Sudan than in Egypt. And Egypt is just a term that the Egyptians applied to that land. It was called Kush. Um, and it's the seat of one of the oldest universities, Timbuktu, that it has, still has thousands and thousands of manuscripts going back uh, hundreds of years. And it was conquered. Every country in Africa was conquered by Europe except for two, Ethiopia and Liberia. They never conquered Ethiopia, and they never conquered, they were never colonized. So I grew up just knowing about Tarzan in Africa, and I remember when it must have been about the seventh grade, my brother had three jazz albums, my older brother Jimmy. I started listening to them, and one was uh, Dave Brubeck, Odds Against Tomorrow. Another was the Modern Jazz Quartet. Uh, no, Dave Brubeck was uh, not Odds Against Tomorrow. He was Take Five. The Modern Jazz Quartet was Odds Against Tomorrow. And the third one, at first I had no idea what it was, but it was Alatunje, Drums of Passion. Now, that was my first introduction to Africa, African culture, and music, Alatunje. And uh, many folks know about Alatunje, Baba Alatunje. He was Nigerian. He was part of the uh, Egon tribe and people. He came to the United States at a very early age. He went to Morehouse College. Same school Dr. King went to. A lot of famous people, not only uh, famous black Americans, but internationally went to historical black colleges. You know, uh, Langston Hughes went to uh, Lincoln. So did uh, uh, 
someone else I can't remember offhand. Well, anyway, um, he went to Lincoln. No, oh, Kwame Nkrumah, the first president of Ghana, went to uh, Lincoln. And Lincoln is in Oxford, Pennsylvania. And, and Lincoln is a historical black college. It goes back to 1854. Lincoln and Cheney, the two oldest historical black colleges. Anyway, he had the, the album called Drums of Passion. And, and Alatunje came to the United States to study at Morehouse in Atlanta. And he graduated from Morehouse and went to NYU to get a graduate degree. And he started a band. And, you know, they were playing African drums. And he put the album out called Drums of Passion. And my brother had that album. And that was my first introduction to Africa outside of being indoctrinated as Tarzan. Uh, and the drums, the drums. And if you follow those drums, man, they, they have a, a, a continuation in jazz and in black music. But it was brought here out of Tunjay. Uh, Baba Alatunde, Drums of Passion, that was recorded in 1960. And here's a, a, a sample of a piece called Adunde. They were at, he was at a Grateful Dead concert.
first heard that album and I never heard drums like that and then when I was in early early first starting college um, he, he performed at some school I don't remember and I saw him live with the dances and the drums and the singing man prior to this listening to this album I don't think I've ever heard uh, African language you know that's this is pre-black studies man pre everything we know about and, and, and sort of talk about in terms of black history and black culture. It just wasn't out there at that time. Yeah, it was either Jungle Jim or, or Tarzan, uh, uh, the, the characters that were in those movies was, I don't know what language they were speaking or if they were speaking <laughs> any language at all, mm. probably not. Um, so uh, it's like you said, we that's what we grew up under and it wasn't until college that we found out otherwise that there were a lot of things about Africa that we we didn't we hadn't learned. Yeah, it was quite a bit, man. Those drums, yeah. those drums, man. I, I I've never I never heard drums and sounds and drum playing like that. I remember that album, listening to it over and over. Drums of Passion, Alatunje, and the songs and the singing. Uh, but that. Those drums and those rhythms played a big part in jazz. And there are a number of 
jazz compositions and jazz artists incorporated kungas and African drums in their music. Yeah, it shaped the music. Especially Latin music. Latin music was especially shaped by... I remember going over to friends' houses and one guy had Congo, another guy had mm-hmm. bong, bongos, and we attempt to play, you know, against the music. Um, so uh, it had influence uh, a lot of the music uh, that we grew up with at the time. Um, so I... I, I I'm glad that uh, he, he he came to this country and and we got a chance to hear it. Yeah, uh, this uh, David Murray, jazz musician, man, he he did some recordings with the Guka Masters. The Guka is 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 drums in Guadalupe that dates back to the 17th century, uh, and they play African rhythms. And the slaves brought it from Africa to Guatemala, but they were forbidden to play the drums. So they verbally made the sounds of the drums, and they kept that going all the way up into the 1940s, when Guadalupe and other places, you know, began to decolonize. And then they started developing these big, what they call the Gulka drums. And David Murray did recordings with this. And here's a piece that's Derek Mary and the Gulka, and you can hear him talk about his attempt to integrate the influence of the African drums into jazz. Uh, here's David Murray uh, and the Gulka Masters, and this was recorded in St. Lucia. The Guada, 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 Guada. Guada. You hear about the Tuesday drums. Thank you. 
Somewhere, I, I'm, I'm getting into the, the uh, concept of Creolite, yes, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get into the understanding of it, and I'm trying to, to really, you know, to, to mix jazz with, with Wokai music and Creole lyrics, but at the, at the source of it, at the bottom of it, so that it kind of grows out together, rather than just put some little jazz stuff at the top, like some little horn arrangements or something. I'm actually composing with, with Creole and Woka uh, uh, in mind. Thank you. 
The drum is everything. It speaks, it talks, it laughs. And uh, between the bula and the maste, they have a whole world inside of that. It doesn't. Um, and when the chorus, I was noticing the chorus, it's like, uh, like, it's not, they don't really like to deal so much with harmonized music. It's more like a, a melody, a simple melody, kind of like Wagner, you know, just all unison. But the power of unison is very big.
Wow, that was uh, David Murray and the Guaca Masters. You know, the most amazing thing about that is that uh, those drum rhythms and the way they sang is passed down from generation to generation. It goes all the way back, transatlantic slave to Africa. And they maintained that. They passed that down through oral history. Uh, and then when they were able to play the drums, they uh, performed it. But you hear Alatunje. You know, the Alatunje band is straight from Africa. You had the rhythms, man. They were like, hey. Larry, what do you think, bro? <laughs> I'll tell you, it was, it was really, uh, really good. Uh, uh, David Murray is a guy that, uh, oh, uh, he's uh, he's phenomenal. Um, once again, I think of him in uh, uh, uh Coleman Hawkins, uh, not Coleman Hawkins, uh, um, Albert Ailey. Um, uh, he's, I mean, he's phenomenal. He's, he's yeah. avant-garde uh, from the get-go. It was a, him and uh, Farrell were uh, uh, doing music about the same time, but he was upcoming. Yeah. But uh, he is good. I have some, I, I, I've, I've met him. I met him and, and yeah. his wife at the time, back in the uh, 80s. Both him and Farrell introduced uh, African rhythms and African drums in their yeah. music. Yeah. Uh, and that goes back to Alatunji. Uh, and he, you know, it's very interesting that he did this with the Guaca masters. And I, I didn't know about these particular drums and the history of these drums in Guadalupe and that they can trace them back to slavery. And when they banned the drums, the people learn how to uh, uh, make the sounds of the rhythms and pass it on. Yeah, yeah. And so these, these masters, when they were able to get the drums and play in public because, you know, uh, doing slavery, you know, just like most parts of the Caribbean and Latin America and America, the drums were banned. You know, Africans could not use the drums. They were means of communication. They yeah. were means of ceremonial stuff. 
So, uh, yeah, it was, it was the, 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 the main reason why I think they banned them was because it was a way f to communicate. Yeah, there was means be, be, of communication, be, and yeah. it was part of the culture, and you wanted to strip them of yeah, that culture. Yeah. Uh, and they could communicate in long distances with the drums. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that, that's a really, and David Mary talks about, he's trying to integrate uh, yes, yeah. the, the, the gu the qua drums and, and, and uh, jazz. Uh, another, another kind of integration that tried to occur, but, but not so much with the drums, but with the music itself in jazz, there's so many musicians and it was hard to pull who you want to listen to. But I had to put Gary Bartz in there, and he did this piece called The Juju Man. And this uh, juju is a spiritual belief system uh, used in religious practices in parts of West Africa, Nigeria, Targo, Ghana, part of the Congo, and Cameroon. Uh, so it's a very, very uh, deeply spiritual religious situation. And Gary Bartz... Uh, did a recording called Juju Man. And once again, that African influence. And let's listen to Gary Botts on Juju Man. <laughs> Thank you. 
Gary Bartz, Juju man, it's very interesting <clears throat> that he is, he's attempting to take a spiritual belief system and, and portray it in music, the Juju. Uh, but it's very interesting that he does that. How you like that piece, Larry? Yeah, uh, Gary Bartz has always been good. Remember him from the East. <laughs> and he's always been uh, uh, spiritual and, and uh, the way that he produces the music. Um, I, like him. I like listening to him. Uh, he was one of our favorites back in the day. Yeah, Gary Botts is uh, uh, really, really a, a fabulous sax player, and he's very culturally centered uh, with his music and interpretation of his music. Uh, well, here's a piece, man. Most people don't play this John Coltrane piece, but it's a piece in which he uses this guy Juno Lewis. And he, Juno Lewis is a musician, composer, instrument, instrument maker, best known for Kulu Say Mama, a composition that he wrote, a jazz composition that he wrote. And he, um, when Coltrane came to California and did a show, he was introduced to John Coltrane and showed it to him. And a few weeks later, Coltrane called him up and they went into the uh, recording studio and they recalled it. And he sings in a Creole dialect. And he uses different instruments, some of them in which he made. Kulu Say Mama. That was the last uh, album released by John Coltrane. And it had a strong lineup. Of course, John Coltrane on tenor sax. Farrell Saunders on tenor sax. McCoy Tyner. Jimmy Garrison on bass. Uh, this guy, Donald Garrett on bass clarinet, Frank Butler on drums, Elvin Jones on drums, and Juno Lewis on vocals and percussions. And you can hear some of these African rhythms and Caribbean rhythms in this song. 
which is kind of unusual for John Coltrane and his pieces. And this is a unusual piece. It's not that Coltrane was necessarily going in that direction before he died, but he was introduced to and decided that, I guess he decided this must have been a, a good piece to record. So Kulu say mama, Creole dialect. Listen to and enjoy. Thank you. 
John Coltrane, Kulu Say Mama, recorded in 1965. I mean, recorded in 1965, but released in 1967 with Juno Lewis, a song that reflects his pride in his ancestors and also a strong sense of tradition going back to Africa. And you hear those African beats and drums continuously throughout that piece. Yeah, I like the African music um, instruments that that were in there too. Um, yeah, that that they were in the background, an appropriate place, um, and uh, you know the musicians that played with Train, McCoy and Jimmy and and um, um, oh I'm sorry I can't think of uh, the bass Ron Ron Carter. No, no, uh, Jimmy Garrison, uh, McCoy Tyner, yeah, Elvin yeah. Jones. Elvin Jones, that's what I was thinking of. Um, and a lot of times I get uh, um, uh, Carter and, uh, oh, what's his name? I can't think of his name right now. <laughs> it keeps, keeps skipping out of my head. Uh, I get them uh, confused. But they're both great, uh, great bases. Oh, Jimmy Garrison. Yeah, Jimmy Garrison. Yeah. Yeah. All and right. On a very uh, excellent basis. Well, folks, man, I hope you enjoyed our little tribute to the African con- contribution. And boy, we just touched the tip of the iceberg. So much of, of that influence uh, in the music, especially the drums. Larry, always great having you here, man. Great being here, Al. Yeah, yeah. wonderful. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me today. And uh, we did things a little differently today, folks, but sometimes that's necessary. And we're going to go out on a, on a piece by a, the father of South African jazz, Yuma Kila. And this was his greatest commercial hit, Grazing in the Grass. So, folks, until the next time, peace and love.